This morning's Dharma talk is titled, Observe or Obey? Observe the three L's. Oh, 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 oh. Observe, observe, or obey. Any questions? So observing is something I talk about all the time. I've done a series of talks, all titled Observe 1, Observe 2, Observe 3, Observe 4. So lots of observing. The idea is if you can observe without jumping to uh, conclusions, if you can observe, excuse me, without uh, drawing distinctions between things, and if you observe that you did find a handkerchief, you can blow your nose. Why do I keep saying that? Why? It's a why question, but why observe? Because the more you just observe, that means you're, whatever you're looking at, sound, taste, touch, smell, thoughts, just observing them. Just, just observe. Just watch them rather than jump to a conclusion about them. Because if you're, if, as soon as you come to a conclusion uh, or some kind of uh, idea about something, uh, you actually stop looking at what you are being encouraged to look at by this old man as a teacher. Just observe. Hold off. The fancy word, the old-fashioned word for this is patience. Don't do anything unless you have to. If you if you approach your life that way, you'll find that you'll do a lot less. You'll have a lot more of what? Free time? We all like a little free time. So the observing part is difficult. So we need to discipline ourselves. So we do it in a very... You could say artificial way. It feels artificial. And so you've meditated for a few years. It's going to feel artificial because it's like any exercise. It's a practice and it takes a while. But eventually, when you sit down to meditate, you just receive. You receive what's happening in any of the sense fields, including the mind. Whatever's coming up, you just watch. It comes and goes. If you do this enough, uh, you you know you don't really a lot. Of, not a lot of energy comes up to conclude or to shut down and conclude something. As soon as you shut down any of your sense fields, including the mind, we jump into other aspects of conclusions, which are based on what? Hope and fear. Hope that things are going to get better. They probably aren't. Am I being pessimistic? No, not necessarily. So observe what's happening. If you really, really observe what's happening, you will not need to conclude because it'll be obvious. A conclusion is something is like something here about something over there. You actually abandon the very thing you're concluding about, and yet you think you're. it's about that. The added thought patterns around that swirling around, there's about 1,520 of them all going around, helping you, providing you with that particular what position about everything else. This is called duality. It is also called confusion. It is called delusion, and it is called uh, really bad. <laughs> Don't do it. Uh, and on the other hand, on the same hand, uh, observing that you're concluding, it's just as powerful as no longer concluding. If we go into that conceptually, we get caught in a labyrinth of concepts and ideas, and then everybody's going to win because I'm not very good at thinking about stuff like that. That's why if I'm up here, I can point at it, but I won't argue with you. So observe as much as you can observe. How do you learn to do that? Sit down and deliberately observe anything that's moving. If you're holding still, then you see more clearly takes time by contrast that which is moving and a lot of times most of the time all the time what is moving is painful it can be just as painful as like being bored sitting it's like you might not do this like this because everybody will see and what will they think 
they'll think you're a bad meditator. Terrible. Was that wrong? When you heard that noise, did you jump to something else or did you just hear the noise? You should enjoy the noise. That almost rhymes. Sit down, hold still, watch through contrast what the mind continues to do. And over time, there's no guarantee, but eventually you'll begin to see the very way you personally, each one of you, a little bit different, a little bit different color, a little bit more green, more blue, more rough, more smooth, different stuff, personality style. You will begin to see through your six sense fields, including the mind, the way in which you keep making life difficult for yourself by what concluding that there's someone and there's something else. This is untrue. You also don't have to conclude the other way and say there isn't anyone. There is no self. There is no. But you might have to start there. That's what the teachings are about. Empty, empty of other, empty of self. Empty, 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 until you see what it actually is, which is totally full, not a conclusion. You don't have to conclude something that is already the case. That's extra. What's that other word? Oh, or, the other old word, end of talk. <laughs> so, or, uh, when I say it that way, it's because I needed a, a title of the talk that's somewhere in that area. I was going to call it the two O's, and I thought, no, that won't get any hits. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh. Yeah, I might I get a lot of people I wouldn't have gotten otherwise you know maybe nine more ten more or obey this is why we have uh, laws rules regulations which we need a society needs some of that those uh, standards red lights um, jaywalking uh, don't murder you know, on and on, uh, starting out when uh, very small, just like with Rumi, who is our newest resident, uh, he's going to get some don'ts. You know, don't do that. Don't touch that. Don't go there. Don't make noise. Don't blow your nose. If you go to a, some Zen monasteries and temples, won't allow you to blow your nose when you meditate. You have to just let it drip all over you. And, and they call that what? Discipline? Or obey. Obey. That's what it is. Obey. It's not that some of that can't be helpful or can't be correct. It's just that as soon as we go to the obey part, the ego mind feels safer because we're getting a slight little credential. It's a little, like a little dot on our credential list there. If I'm doing the right thing because I'm obeying, I'm holding this posture. Other people are slumped over. Someone's falling asleep. Someone's snoring. Someone's jingling their keys. Someone's are coming and going. They can't sit there. Someone's always moving their legs around. Whereas I'm very still. I'm obeying. Contrast. And what do we do with it? Well, as soon as we see the contrast, instead of just seeing the contrast, which you should see, it's called awareness. Instead, we conclude right and wrong. People are doing it all the time. I know personally, uh, anybody I talk to is usually caught in some version of right and wrong. There isn't one. And this is terrifying to ego because the ego, what it does, what does it do immediately? Well, you've got to have, well, you've got to have, well, this can't, well, does that mean it's okay to murder? See what, uh, see what the ego mind does? It takes the relativity and jumps to some polarity so it feels more comfortable. It's not about right and wrong. It's about the self-centered mind wanting to be okay, be right, be on the side of the good or on the side of the bad. Sometimes it gets so bad that somebody just said, decides to be bad. It's easier. I'm just going to be I'm an evil person. I'm just going to rob banks and party stores and kill anybody who gets in my way. There are people, none of them in here, but there are people who, because their life is so difficult, they just opt for another polarity. And it's, it's not wrong. It's just uh, 
intense, profound misunderstanding that creates more and more suffering. As you, if you watch the news at all, you can see people doing it. Really, really good people adding to the confusion. Really, really bad people actually clearing up some of the confusion because they're so willing to be confused. So it becomes obvious to, to us. You don't really want certain people to make much sense, especially when they're on the side of the other guys. You know what I'm saying. So observe, observe. And then if you run into a boundary uh, that's set up, that's a, what I call a, a, a military boundary, you know, the uniform code of military justice says, if you do this, you're going in the brig. If you do that, you're going to be court-martialed. You're going to be given a, a dishonorable discharge. There was a time when I was in the Marine Corps where if you were gay, uh, you, you would, you'd go to jail and, and, and you would, you would be, uh, given a, um, um, you wouldn't get a dishonorable discharge, but you would get a, uh, um, I can't remember all the names or different conditions, but it's uh, one, uh, uh, it's very unfavorable. It's not honorable and be locked up. With the title observe or obey, mm -hmm. um, I was just wondering with ego's tendency to hijack <clears throat> anything, uh, I was just wondering if there's any of these concepts that that the ego can't get its, its hooks in, that you can't manipulate for the benefit of samsara. There's a lot of trouble with the middle word. Or with the rowboat with no oars. <laughs> Think about it. So it gets it gets difficulty with being in the middle of anything. Whereas this this very tradition for thousands of years has been called a middle way. You can't see the middle way unless you're very, very aware of, cognizant of and look at and observe the polarities. Observing the polarities, if you do it thoroughly and clearly, you will see that they are they're the polarities. There's not a right and a wrong. We're not saying that this doesn't go, the ego mind wants to take it into some other kind of more uh, tight, solid form that's, that's safer for the self-centeredness. Because if, if you're in the middle of an open dimension, uh, the self-centeredness, the ego mind can't get much oxygen there. So it will look for support. So we'll look for being correct. You all know this. You all know, is this, was well, that right or is that wrong? We even, we even ask ourselves, should I or shouldn't I? So sitting practice of meditation will help you, will allow your, whether you're Buddhist or not. But if you're practicing meditation or an awareness practice, it will help you metaphorically sink deeper into the polarity, into the, into the existential dilemma of what in the hell is this? What is the difference between a polarity and right and wrong. The polarity is a contrast. You don't have a right and wrong. You don't add on to the right and wrong. So if I said, if I say in this situation, I, uh, I encourage people to observe, but this doesn't mean that, if, that I'm just observing a red light. So I'm just going to run right through. I'm not saying you go so go to the other direction and uh, be, you know, have total freedom where you don't have to obey any rules or any uh, statutes or uh, laws. I'm not saying that. I'm say observe the way in which uh, your world in the form of your mind and your projections about what is arising around you, the way in which we grasp onto some things is right or grasp onto some things is wrong. And we hang on to it. This is why we have uh, uh, the court systems. The court systems uh, have to work with some kind of uh, statutes and regulations. So we're not saying that that shouldn't be there. But the idea... The idea here was to fill out the whole thing, uh, whole uh, title, observe or obey. Uh, it's not an either or. It's there might when you're obeying your, as we uh, talk about here, and as I uh, 
talk about you should need to observe the form, not conform, conform, not conform to the form, but observe the form. And then you're, if you're coming, working out of your awareness rather than conclusions that the ego mind has, then uh, there will be times when it's totally appropriate to conform, to do what it looks like conforming or just following that form the way it is. The Hanan bell, uh, the 108 bells happens at uh, 645 in the morning. If you're upstairs in bed or if you're, uh, maybe if you're not even near the, uh, the, the uh, Zendo, uh, you might hear that, you might not. So that that is a structure or a form that is to be observed, not obeyed. On the other hand, and on the same hand, if you live in the monastery and you're, you're a monastery resident, then the recommendation and the, the form is you need to observe that form. But it's not something you obey. Obeying is is shut down. It means that you don't get to think. You don't you get to use your awareness. You, don't, you have to ignore your stomach ache because you don't want. You have to ignore that you didn't get much sleep because you have to come anyway. This is a misunderstanding. And I know I spent four years in the Marine Corps. I know what it's like to operate under heavy, heavy, strict. They do not. Mo- they do not move. They're just and they're. It's about what is it about? It's about one person, two piece, per, persons, three people. The, all of the officers and, and the government and the elected officials controlling you controlling you so they can so when a war comes up they can get you to go and fight that war i know i speak from personal experience my father was killed in world war ii shot off the back of a tank in germany in 1945 and did not want to go go to war how how do i know that my mother told me that they did not want to go he went and got killed was that right or wrong good or bad up or down did he obey or what's that about don't worry about it find out who you are find out what this is for you sir I was wondering if it's more important to conform when forms are young. And I'm thinking about how things have changed since I've been here as far as certain areas have loosened up. So I'm just wondering if, if it's important for us with new forms to start out with maybe more tightness. That's, you could do that. Sometimes I encourage that. Sometimes I set up a form and I leave and I don't even come back and even look at it. I don't even watch it. And I don't do that out of some kind of uh, idea about it. I just notice that's what I'm doing. That doesn't mean I'm particularly mindless, uh, but it also doesn't mean that I'm just deliberately staying away so I can cause something to happen. I don't know. I don't have a, a rationale around it. My rationale would be in the, in, the, in the form of the vow to be with all things. That doesn't mean you can't object to something and agree with somebody something else and even blow your stack or feel terribly sad about something. But the idea is that it comes out of a natural hierarchy uh, the, the metaphor I often use is, um, I'm going to use it again, even though it's getting kind of old. There's only one place in the world that leaves are underground and roots are in the sky. And where is it? Brazil. You think that's an opinion? Go to Brazil. Let me know what you find. Go ahead. An example that's coming up for me with this talk is uh, like during the retreat with Kinhin or just different. Um, ways walking meditation in different ways that we split up the form with bells and the first thing that happens is everyone wants a bunch of clarification about what we do every single two steps like mm-hmm. do we bow in front of this do we bow to our seats this 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 mm-hmm. do we need to have a point of reference for all those forms to observe them a little bit Look, we, we don't want to go overboard and make it so tight that you can't move or make it so open that people are wandering around jumping out of windows go ahead is it okay to not ask about the form and see what happens. There's okay and not okay is extra. 
could actually come in and just not know what's going to happen. And, some, and then possibly someone will tell you what to do or they won't. You'll be confused. Right. If we're asking for all that clarity and a really clear spelled out um, situation, are we complicating the form? No. Further question you have? So again, the obeying part is, I'm just using that extreme word, observe something, and then if, you, if, it, see, if it has a structure or form to it, you may conform to that, you, you may not. Uh, but as far as being the right and wrong part, just makes things more intense because we, each one of us as a person who was raised by our family and a culture, there's so much of that happening. So as much as you can, uh, um, Take yourself out of that situation. It's called meditation. Sit down, hold still, whole world, accept that which has been pushed into you or been indoctrinated to will start to vanish, start to go away. You might have to do a lot of sitting for that to happen and begin to see that you can actually function out of your awareness rather than out of uh, your uh, grasping or addiction to rules and uh, constructs and rights and right and wrong and up and down, back and forth. Who's right? Who's wrong? Who's good? Who's bad? Mm -hmm. Okay. I would, I would be one of those people that feels safe with the right and wrong. Mm -hmm. um, but in a dream, a lucid dream, I could throw a rock through a window and feel mm -hmm. freedom. But in this reality, I throw a rock through a window and feel fear. Mm -hmm. What's the difference? <laughs> you think one is real. You think the other is not real. Basically, the way you're asking your question, that's what I would say. And I somehow integrate that. Can you, can you integrate it? Yeah. Yes. Keep sitting. If someone on the side of a mountain asks, uh, uh, when do I get to the top of the mountain? Then the only way you can say is not yet, because you can see that you're halfway up the mountain. But you would certainly, I would certainly say, just keep going. I say it all the time. But it doesn't look like you're getting anywhere. If it looks like you're getting somewhere, uh, very, very suspicious for anybody. I'm not saying that through meditating after a, six months, a year, two, three, three days that you don't feel more relaxed, more calm. But that's only in preparation for the horror that is to come. And what is the horror? Some of you know. Some of you don't know. It just means that you sit down so that you can and observe and practice observing so the very thing you've been shutting out, probably for this whole lifetime, maybe for many lifetimes, gets to become and march in review, gets to come in front of you so you can just be completely genuine and total human being all the way back to the 15,000 BC. However you want to say it. We are, we are, we're separated beings, but we're not separate beings. We're separated. I'm over here. You know, I'm really old, so I'm probably not going to be around long. Some, Aida's very young, so good chance she'll be around for 100 years. But it's just those just a relative dynamics. We're coming and going all the time. Every time you go to sleep, you die. The whole world vanishes. If you notice that, if you ever notice that's kind of a metaphor for what's that other thing? What were you thinking about? <laughs> Do you mind me picking on you? I can all switch over to somebody else. <laughs> Stay with the monk. <laughs> so yes. Um, a question from Bosker in Houston. Bosker. Could you please speak to obey versus observe as it as it is related to the forms in the Zendo or as it is related to the sitting practice? Yes. Is that the end of it? Mm -hmm. question. Yeah, we set up the forms here. Uh, I've had some practice uh, in 
quite a few different places, uh, Shambhala, uh, Kagyu tradition, uh, Soto Zen, Rinzai Zen, um, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. I'm not particularly an expert in it, but I'm saying there are lots of ways of working with form. The way we do it here, based on having done it a few different ways, is uh, 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 strong and hard in one way and soft and mutable or fluctuating in another way. And that happens personally with each person. You decide. The, the form is here, but if you get up in the middle and leave, it's not wrong. Or if you stay here and don't move for three hours straight, it's not correct. That's extra. That's that's because the boundaries are not not understood deeply. You have to understand the boundary, the natural boundary is your emotions, is how you feel, is how your needs feel. It's not something where you where three people sit down and one person can sit there, you know, for weeks and not be in pain like Robert. <laughs> don't contradict me. You're wrong. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Good show. <laughs> Actually, he's correct. I am wrong. But what I'm saying, what I'm trying to bring uh, everyone to see, uh, and especially in regards to Bosker's question, it is it about it, it is about observing the obeying part is to is to cut down on the awareness and try to be right or be correct or do the letter of the law or concerned about what someone will think if you get up and leave the zendo when they're sitting uh, very straight for you know for the last hour hour and a half and you're like I got to get out of here this is true. you should you should observe what's happening and receive your emotions and don't add on to them uh, if you can help it. I'm wrong. I'm I'm a I'm a weakling. I can't do this. This is too hard. Or, or, or the other one is why can't I do this? Why why can how can they how can why can how can why can how can why can like that Serbian. <laughs> so I would say uh, uh, again, going back to Bosker's uh, question, which I think everyone has their own version of this, is trust yourself. Come in. I mean, you're already if you wouldn't be here if you weren't sincere about wanting to know about how, what happens with your mind. What is the mind? What is what is, happens when I wake up in the morning and I've have have a whole bunch of dreams that were really involved and, and interesting, and yet I can't remember any of them. Or I can remember a part of one, like we were talking about this morning. I can remember a picture of, of I was, where I was in a particular place with certain people, but nothing would move. It wouldn't go ahead into the dream or go back. The memory was like a snapshot. And so let me finish with Bosco's question, and then uh, I'll come back to you. So I would say, w when you come in, look at the forms, get familiar with the forms, and then, then uh, align yourself with them or conform to it, but don't do it out, do it out of awareness rather than out of obeying. Don't do it out of right and wrong. It's just a, it's a very simple misunderstanding that, that if you do that, you continue to lay trips on yourself and trips on other people about right and wrong and up and down. You're, you're constantly running around in circles when actually you could just be here. The, the, and I'll, I'll say this in this way, past and the future are illusions even this this moment is an illusion, but it's uh, you could actually start by uh, being with this. And how do you do that? If your knee hurts, it hurts. You need to go to the bathroom, go to the bathroom. You already are, have put yourself into a situation where you're subjected to uh, the, the forms that are in this monetary, monastery, and they're, they're pretty strong. They're about, from the point of view of uh, the sitting schedule, it's uh, three periods a day. We don't just do it four times a year. We do it every day. Or everyone here does it. I don't do it. I just tell you guys to do it. So, so it's about observing that. And that observing is not only about when you're doing it, everything is working fine. 
you come in and sit, you maybe do a block set where you sit four hours, you know, and it's a, not particularly a big deal. It may go smooth or even, or it may, may be uh, inconsequential. And then the next time you do that, no, the next time you sit for an hour, it's absolutely painful or terrifying, or you're having all kinds of, uh, your mind is totally haunted by all kinds of fears. And then we look back and say, wow, why did that? I say, don't do anything with it. Don't, don't, don't evaluate. Let the natural balance that comes out of that, which is hierarchy. And natural hierarchy doesn't mean there's a king at the top and a, a pauper or a pawn at the bottom. And it also does not not mean that. That's why it's difficult. And that's why forms are set up in such a way so that you can begin to make that form your own. When I say that, uh, I'm just saying just notice the the way in which the conforming to something. It's about awareness. It's not about conforming. Notice about when you're attempting to be with a, per, a certain form, like sitting like this, cross-legged, hands in the cosmic mudra, back is straight, eyes are open, looking at the wall. Notice how everything else that comes on board with that. You're doing that. And because of that form, uh, your other things are coming and going and you're able to see them more clearly. And one of the things might be noticing, like I said before, how very straight you're sitting and how you can sit and the other person really has difficulty. That's why you don't see me correcting anyone's posture. It's, it's a misunderstanding. It's not that it's wrong. You can start out by giving instruction, make sure you've got it clear and then wait and see what happens. People just like correcting someone if they leave the Zendo. That is their business, unless they make it mine and they do that by asking me about it. Then I will say, uh, it depends on the person. It's always different. I don't really have any standards for anything. I'm gonna rob a bank tomorrow. <laughs> no, I'm not, go ahead. Um, I think it was a, a month ago when you instructed brush and ink awareness, um, the brush came out of your hand onto yeah. the paper. Deliberate. And you talked about, um, it seemed like you brought up a distinction between something spontaneous like that and someone trying to be cute with the form. Um, so how do we make the form our own without just trying to like fill it with <clears throat> our personality intentionally? Just notice that you do that. Notice how you might be doing something and, and because it's a highly charged situation because everybody's sitting there very formally watching you do something that's very simple. Uh, so there's different ways of working with that. And the more you do that, the more that becomes your own form. I mean, you're actually part of that form that you're making and you see it. It's always wrong. Go ahead. Could you say a little bit more like for the, with the Doshi form example for an example of how we can make that form our own? Do it correctly. <laughs> so the Doshi form is a, what, for those of you who don't know, it's the, the one who come, comes up and makes offerings, offerings to the Buddha, to the altar, to the, to the Buddha, the Dharma, and the Sangha on behalf of everyone else. That way you don't have 20 people all up here at once. So they sit, stay back and then that person comes around and makes offerings at, at the end of, a, of the sutra chanting. And so there's a particular form, sidestepping a certain way, uh, how you hold, how you, various things you, if you, instead of lighting incense, you put both hands over there. So and this is the idea of being respectful to what you're doing. And the respect is... Uh, uh, you may do that and not particularly feel respectful. You might be thinking this is an empty form. You might be adding any kind of things on there. You might be thinking about the way someone else does that, that looks like they're trying to express themselves in a, you know, be more, uh, what's that said, more better at it, more formal, more exact, more precise. You know, what would Tokazan think? So it, all that extra chatter that comes up in our mind as we're doing the form is the awareness practice. 
it's it's a form of meditation and action. And the way it uh, shows up that way is because you can't really repeat it, no matter how many hundreds and hundreds of times. I'm sure you've noticed. Uh, you, there's, there's always something a little bit different. You feel different. There's someone standing there. Uh, the incense breaks before you can offer it. Uh, the candle uh, uh, is, uh, um, you know, making funny faces at you. The charcoal gets on fire. The charcoal catches on fire and the whole end of the zendo burns. And then Shoto has to come and repair everything before the Dharma talk. What was with that? That charcoal that just had some kind of a defect inside, like a little tiny atom bomb. <laughs> well, it had wax on it. Wax on, wax off. <laughs> so remember the wax off part. That's distasteful. Yes. Um, it seems like a conventional explanation for death is that when death comes, something leaves the body. Mm -hmm. Does it? Does that happen? So I don't know. I haven't died yet. I'll let you know. <laughs> uh, especially with you, that's literal. <laughs> You'll probably see it happen. And you'll probably say, should I go? Or, should I go? or I'm still pretty young. He's 110. So anything else about that? We could talk more about that. Yes, miss? Um, so based on your experiences, why do you think people are so naturally uncomfortable with silence or it takes so long to get to a certain form? because they don't have the tools to handle their emotions or is it just natural? I think it's, it's different with everybody. It's very, <laughs> if a person has to have a, has to hear something about meditation or the Dharma or awareness practice or basic sanity, however, you know, I think I'd like some of that. And so then someone who uh, knows a little bit more than you do about it, then you listen to that person and then they show you how to train your mind and then you begin doing that and then you experience the very thing you're asking about you begin to experience your own version of that discomfort or that. And then because you've been told that you might have to go through it rather than around it, most of the world's trying to go around their confusion, trying to get away from it. But my teacher, Chogyam Trungpa Rinpoche, said, I'm going to have to go right through the middle of it. And it's it's uh, doesn't feel very good. But this is a way in which we do it directly. So you really experience your life as you may have been avoiding it for the last 20, 30, 50, 100 years. Shuka brings up an interesting thing about death and something leaving. And my question is, is there a soul? What do you mean by soul? I don't know. I can't help you then. You, you tell me what you mean by that, and then I can respond to what it looks like you're saying that you mean about what I'm thinking about what you're thinking that a soul is that I already don't know what it is. But I'll go with what you think because I need to meet you where you're at. And if you're in the middle of your belief about something then I can respond to that. But if you're in the middle of your disbelief about something, I can respond to that. But if you don't know, then... I'm in the middle of my confusion. Well, I'm right with you now. <laughs> it seems to be that the idea that something leaves you at death... It's not important. We don't, we don't have to... It's just a... Uh, what do they call those? those are they moot points? Is it moot? Is there, is there a T on or is it just moot? <laughs> I mean, moo is emptiness unless you're a cop. <laughs> my, my confusion is over the idea that we believe death is something. Yes. But is it just. Don't give me multiple choice. No. Just ask me the question. I said that. Not life. What? Is it the absence of life? 
Yeah, I don't know. Is there life? What is life? Are you alive? Are you dead? Are you on your way? You're suffering. Okay. That's a start. That's a start. Yes. A couple questions have come in online. Okay. Um, Susan from Traverse City. Does following the form explain why Buddhist monks have gone to war historically? Maybe. I don't don't know. Anytime you obey uh, anybody then you're going to do what you're told. And there's some forms, some Buddhist forms are very much about obeying whatever the teacher says, you need to do it. Uh, Our culture, another culture that may have arisen in such a way that it needed to be done, but to drag that into the present time is a uh, misunderstanding. It's just a misunderstanding. It doesn't mean anybody's wrong. It just means they're looking at things and they're concluding things. And uh, uh, Tibetan Buddhism, all of, all those lineages are trying to protect themselves and trying to protect their, because it's very, been very helpful to them. So they want to continue that, but they're not, they're coming into a cultural context that's different from the one that they came out of. So, and then some teachers, uh, Trungpa Rinpoche uh, took that into consideration. I'm not saying he did everything perfect, but he managed to bring, uh, bring the teachings into the West in such a way that people could connect with it uh, emotionally, intellectually, spiritually, and really made sense. Go ahead. Shane, California. What does actual progress that results from sitting look like for a person with a lot of emotional difficulties? The emotional difficulties uh, (laughs) hang around. They could get worse. They could get intense. Uh, You could could suffer forever, and it could be on and on and on. But what you originally mentioned there, Shane, was the person person's not real. And if you see the person's not real, game over. It doesn't mean you can clear the stage. It means that that stage is unreal. It means you need to help the people that believe that their act is uh, uh, is true and not a fiction. You need to help them because that suffering is real and intense and, and causes suffering for others. And if you've understood that there's no person, there's still suffering. If there's no person suffering, then this is called liberation. And I'm not here to sell anything. Don't believe a word I say. Go do, live your life. Do whatever you want to do. Build skyscrapers. Get a million dollars. What was it? Steve Martin said, how to be a millionaire. Remember that? He said, Steve Martin, how to be a millionaire. First, get a million dollars. Question from Tyler in San Diego. Yes, Tyler. What forms would you recommend for non-temple residents to observe? Um, it might vary with someone I talk to, your life and everything, but I would just say find a way to, out of your 24 hours, uh, find a way to, you know, set up a forum and uh, study uh, study the Dharma, study Dharma books, uh, join our book study. Um, you can do that if you can figure out what time it's happening or talk to somebody here at the monastery. And, uh, and then uh, sit still. Find a time to sit in a place in your house, in your residence, to sit down, hold still, and then all the t- I, uh, senses open, sit in a symmetrical posture and uh, do that once a day for, you know, set up a time. It can be arbitrary. It could be 40 minutes. It could be an hour. It could be two hours. You'll know. And do it regularly. And don't look for results. If you look for results, it'd be harder to do because you'll, you'll think of it like uh, practicing arm wrestling or something. You get better at it. You can get better at that, but you can't get better at meditation. If you get better at meditation, then better find a teacher, a really nice one. Yes. Uh, 
Another question from Oscar. Oscar. There seems to at least to there seems to at least be an element of having to start with obeying first before getting observing. So the question yeah. is, for us to observe, don't we begin with some element of obeying? Oh, I think so. Yeah, and there's some of that. You have to start somewhere. So how do you like when you're being trained to do anything? You have to just do as you're told for a while. But to cling to that uh, out of some kind of fear of being wrong is, is a, a definition of fundamentalism. And sometimes uh, somebody can be practicing for 30, 40, 50 years and still be very right and wrong oriented about it and want to make some wrong and others right and so on. So, yes, as you go along, you would there'd be less and less uh, formality. But the other thing is it would be very, very unique and individual to each person. You wouldn't have your way of doing it would be, uh, and then not imposing it on others. It's a very, it's very difficult to understand that because we feel like whatever we're doing and that seems to be somehow what working for us, we need to get other, other people to do the same. Yes. Uh, Thomas from Germany has a question. I'm watching and listening to your Dharma talk. I have a question about sitting meditation. When following the instruction to find out who I am, could there ever be an answer or is it more about finding out who I am not? A little of each. Being that you're in Germany, it's definitely one of each. I mean, it's uh, uh, not uh, mocking you or making fun of anything. I'm just saying that that don't don't have to decide. It's uh, the Sandokai. Read Sandokai a uh, hundred times. The quality of sameness and difference. It, it's it's a uh, to the ego mind which needs to know what's right, what's wrong. Uh, Sandokai is a uh, Things, the very things that look different are equal. The very things that look equal are different. It's called non-duality, fancy one, Advaita, uh, not two. And to begin to work with that, uh, however that shows up in your mind, is, uh, is the beginning. And one of the ways to do that, uh, the way that I'm um, uh, very biased about, is sit down, hold still, and observe. And there are lots of forms of that. There's form ways of working with the mind that are have to do with mantra or with vis visualization and, and uh, I have some experience doing that. So but the one that I think is pretty good one is sit down, hold still, sit symmetrical. Since body and mind are not two different things, they're not even differentiated. It looks like the, you're thinking here, you're doing this, you're running off to the refrigerator, and but you're thinking about nuclear physics. And you're eating, you're thinking about the atom. No, look closer. Uh, from William Murray, he asked, can ego see not separate? Sure. Everything sees that. If it sees it, then there isn't anything that isn't seeing it. <clears throat> ego is just a word for the uh, constructed or uh, imaginary part of the whole thing. But, but if you see it's imaginary, you don't have to do anything with it. Just It, it can come and go. The ego mind that I struggle with for uh, several centuries uh, is uh, it's unreal. So it can be sometimes I feel very egotistical, self-centered and biased and irritated with all the people who don't understand the way I do. <laughs> but it's unreal. It's no more real than a dream. This is this is a dream. Remember yesterday? Remember the seventh day of the Sashin? Remember that? Where'd it go? And where is this going to go? This this moment is unreal. You don't have to leave this moment. You can't actually get out of this room. You can't go somewhere else. There isn't anywhere else. Ha ha. Good luck. Who said that? Wasn't that? 
Nelson. Huh? Nelson. Nelson said. From the Simpsons. Oh, Nelson said, "Ha ha!" From the Simpsons. <laughs> I knew it was somebody I felt really close to. <laughs> <laughs> Other questions? Joseph. There's something about our culture that uh, is focused on material yeah. more than the the origins of where Buddhism came from. Yeah, I think so. But we, we don't have to, you know, it's uh, Buddhism is fairly new here. It's only been around since the, the turn of the last century around the, oh, and I can't remember the, the Zen monk that came over here. But, so, but we don't have to do anything with that. We don't have to judge or evaluate. We can just make it your own practice. You practice Buddhism. The Buddha, the Buddha is a, a fraction of an inch away from you. If that, the Buddha has never gone anywhere. He never, he never left. He never came. That's what's called the Tathagata, one who comes thusly. Tathata means just the, thus. And uh, gata is short for alligator. <laughs> One who comes like an alligator. Gata means cat in Spanish. <laughs> no, that's, that's, you're wrong. I know you teach Spanish. <laughs> How does it feel to be corrected? <laughs> Feels good, doesn't Not it? Bad. Yeah. Huh? Not bad. Not bad. Good. Joy. Um. How is observing we are concluding just as good as not concluding? So I want you to paraphrase. I hear what you said. But I want you to paraphrase it. Those are just your words before. But I want you to paraphrase my words. So um, how, when we can observe that we're concluding, how is that the same as seeing that we're not concluding? Exactly. That's exactly what I said. I want to paraphrase. I notice that when you ask a question, you close your eyes. Is it, is it helpful to think more clearly that way? Do you close your eyes when you meditate? No. Good. So what's your question? What's the fundamental question? I understand the contrast you're asking about. That's just way too complicated. I don't know. I like that. Look at something that other people are concluding about. It's right. It's wrong. It should be. It should be. It should do that. It shouldn't do that. This is on and on. And to just not know, it's just a soft way of relating to open space. Uh, and without getting rid of something that is what unreal, the ego's unreal, so you don't have to get rid of it. And you can actually enjoy yourself. You can be know that it's unreal. It's a stage set. Yeah. You talked a few times about the Detroit Zen Center and the example of blowing your nose and letting it drip on your oxo instead. So did they? How did you know that 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 would have been a good idea to blow your nose there? Yelled at me. <laughs> oh, you did? Held at me when I did it. What did they say? You were there. Stop sniffing. Yeah. So I didn't even get to the nose blowing. She's going. I'm trying not to blow my nose, but you couldn't. You couldn't do that. I mean, you could. You could have gotten up and left the zendo to go to the bathroom or something. Blowing, blowing your nose. But the zendo was form of very, very tight, very strict, and it was based on uh, uh, ancient. I say ancient Rinzai forms. It was a Korean monk teaching Rinzai forms. Mm -hmm. Go ahead. So not that you could have known for sure, but do you think if you pulled out your hanky and blew your nose, they would have hit you or kicked you out? I think they would have just yelled at me. I don't think he was uh, he was into hitting. He did uh, use, uh, I can't remember the Korean name. Yeah, that. but only if you asked for it. Yeah, you had to, you had to ask for it like that. And he, would, he would whack you with a paddle. Mm -hmm. How many times was it? 15, 14 times? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Something and I'm not saying that this teacher isn't helping people. The people who come to him have, have chemistry and they're sure that they're, some people need that kind of teaching. If they came here, this wouldn't make any sense to them. It would be too loose or too 
too goofy or not quite strong enough forms or and so on. More? Sure. What makes a form strong? Sometimes you talk about how this is a very strong form. It's strong because people actually observe the form. They don't obey it. I'm not saying that if you don't come to forms, uh, uh, you know, being uh, Eno, so you're keeping tabs of everybody that's coming and going, you know that it's just about communication. It's not about regulation. It's not about obeying anything. It might, if you came here and lived, you might have to comply with the forms or conform to the forms or to some extent, or otherwise why be here? So no, no point, just go live somewhere else, then you can come here whenever you want, or you can you can come in and sit for 10 minutes and leave. That's why we don't have uh, uh, people waiting outside the door, like in other traditions, you, you wait until the gong rings. It's very, very sickeningly formal. When I say sickeningly, it's it's not necessary to do that. These are not, cho- we're not children as they were centuries and centuries ago in, in ancient uh, Japan. I doubt that he had anybody over the age of 15, uh, speaking of Dogen Zenji. He was, he was pretty young himself. He was in his 20s when he started teaching, and people that came to him were probably said, go study under that guy. Get out of my house. <laughs> 14 years old. So he probably had a discipline problem on his hands, so he tightened it all up. I'm just speculating. It's just, just a spec. Further questions? Mm-hmm. A question from Susan again in Traverse City. Yes. Is listening to music while meditating simply distraction? It's entertainment. It's not wrong. It's just it's not meditating. I mean, you're, you're listening to music. You should enjoy it. And then turn the music off and then go sit down, hold still, face the wall. And have an, it's an elimination diet for the self-centeredness that you go. You're, you're eliminating everything you can. Without being, uh, without shutting your eyes and shutting, closed, plugging your ears and getting in a sensory deprivation tank and then putting on a gopher mask. I know it doesn't make sense. Yes. Um, so if you struggle with constantly thinking or in that quiet space, how do you empty your mind so you get to You don't have to empty it. You can, that's why it's necessary to have a teacher. Just watch what comes and goes. So the only thing, the only requirement, the way I teach it, is, which is not the right way, it's just a way. Sit down, hold still, sit symmetrical, keep your back straight, eyes open, look at something where not much is happening, called a wall. You could look at it, you could look at this, you could look at someone's back, someone could be sitting in front of you. Hold still and then watch the movement. It's, a, it's trying to create a mind that doesn't move, another mind that is artificial and could be temporary. You can get into what's called jhana states and so on like that, but... They're just that. They're states. They're, they're away from reality. Reality it doesn't have a state. It's stateless. So you're not supposed to stop this thought. You're supposed no, no, to pay stop. attention to why it's there. Not why. Why is extra? Because if you watch the thought and then you, you try to find out why, you actually abandon what you need to look at. Everything that arises in the mind is the object of meditation for each person. And you may be having thoughts of robbing a party store. Probably not. He caught up on me there. I got that guy's number. (laughs) So, so it's about uh, just simply observe. It's it's very easy to understand and to to practice, but it's hard to continue it. So when we sit down, we don't get a lot of feedback about how good we're doing. We may start to feel because we're no longer objecting anything, we're no longer agreeing with anything, or we're no longer shutting down on anything. Stand back a million years starts to show up. The area we've been shutting out starts to show up, and you become a doorway for that. You become 
just sit down and with a with with a presence and and, and dignity and uprightness and uh, you could even say bravery, which shows up as uh, uh, not fighting with fear. Bravery is not fighting with fear, not covering up fear. So sit down and whatever happens is your object and just watch what comes and goes. And through doing this practice, actually, even your present life, all of those things that are coming and going will start to find their own balance. It's called equanimity. You can't balance something that is already imbalanced, but you can disregard the balance and choose your craziness, not your craziness, but choose the society fight with things. Don't do it. You don't have to do that. Doesn't that sound good? Yeah. I, actually, for me, I thought that's what meditation was, was clearing out the mind. I didn't realize it was. No, there's nothing to clear. It'll clear itself up if necessary. This is what, and this tradition is what the Bodhisattva path is. Once you understand what this is, even though you're not totally clear yourself, you start helping others. You, you teach others. Respond to them. You respect their confusion. The most, the biggest mix of misunderstanding is not respecting others' confusion. Don't meddle with anybody. Okay. <laughs> All right. So, Ron, did you have something? You have something? What? Um, earlier, you were talking about how we're not children. It seems like I see a lot of how childish I am, mm -hmm. and other people here too. Certainly. Um, how is seeing that? childishness different from a place that might look like there isn't any childishness going on? So I'm not saying there isn't childishness, but we're not going to treat people as if they're children and need more support or more rules or laws or anything. We, we Because people are adults, mainly here, uh, that childishness just has room to come and go. So uh, your difficulty that you might call childishness, or so you might see someone else acting childish, no, you would, you would respect that. And they're, they're, if they're in this uh, mandala, this uh, uh, environment, they're probably pretty sincere about wanting to train their mind. Not, they're tired of being crazy, tired of fighting with themselves or their family or, their, or being confused about the, their world or our, our world. So this is a way where you can sit down, settle down. It's a protected space. It's a monastery. And that's what those forms are about, not because the forms are true or untrue or they're some kind of holiness. Uh, so we just come in and work, meet, meet people where they're at. In the 13th century, it might have been necessary to have stronger, um, you know, we do obey this rule. Uh, I don't think we need to do that here. Michael. Is observing done without respect? Probably not. If you're just observing, I don't know what you mean, just receive, just a profound form of generosity, very subtle to give everything your attention you're just going to receive, you're just going to receive everything. That area there is very, very subtle and it flips back and forth so quick because it's like a 60 cycle, uh, of length of time. You don't realize it's going off and on 60 times a second. Unless, of course, it's an LED, which isn't even light. You know that. So the idea of, uh, of that situation that they're going back and forth. So you don't have to do anything with it. Just receive. Just give that your attention. More. I know I didn't answer your question, but I'm waiting for you to rephrase what you said. Is respect to be given, received? I think if you if you give your attention to everything, then the respect is a natural boundary. It's a natural hierarchy. You, if you understand what this is uh, through your awareness and not through laws and regulations and, and even precepts. The precepts are to help you see what's true not to something for you to obey so you don't have to look at anything anymore. 
just obey the precepts. I don't have to think. I don't have to look at anything. I just obey the precepts, and I'll be a really good monk or a really good Buddhist. Just a misunderstanding. So if you give everything your attention, if you receive whatever's coming uh, through that offering or that openness to everything, everything will start traveling towards you, whatever it may be, through any of the sense fields, including the mind, and just receive. Just that's a... Um, give it your attention, generosity, receive what's being given to you, generosity. It doesn't have a giver, it doesn't have a receiver. It's called, in the Tibetan tradi- Buddhist tradition, threefold purity, no giver, no gift, no giving, no receiving, no, there's a whole bunch of other. It's actually probably sixfold or sevenfold. But there isn't a, the, the structure that we impute that's real, that somebody here giving something or not giving something, just like the whole idea of, uh, of stealing, uh, and uh, way, one of the ways we talk about it, everything belongs to you. So you can't really steal anything. It just happens to be over there. So you respect the boundary. You don't take something that's over there. That's why if you go into a, a, some cultures, especially a Japanese culture, if you go in and you admire something, there's a good chance they'll give it to you. They'll just say, here, take it. It's yours. And it's not something you set out to do. It's just something you you just you might just do it. You might see that you're doing it at the same time. If you have regrets, then I uh, probably have some work to do. <laughs> I re- rarely give away anything I want to keep. What is your name? Stephanie. Stephanie. Um, through meditation, will that stop the ego from being so fragile? Or will that always be the case? What seems to happen is uh, we might be more and more aware of how self-centered we are, which is painful or challenging or difficult and maybe even nauseating because we start to see how just full of ourselves and you know we can't get away from that so it is seeing the nature of that that's uh, in the traditional way it's talked about conceptually is the five skandhas form feeling perception concept of the thinking process i like it i don't like it. it's good it's bad it should be it shouldn't be i'm good i'm bad i'm getting better i'm getting worse and then the six sense fields and their objects that are all coming towards us through the sense fields the objects coming through any one of the six senses that conglomeration it tends to grab onto uh, the other aspects of itself and think there is somebody. But if you look at any one of those individually, they don't add up to anybody. There's no, there's no one really home. Yeah, you can you can sense that if you notice that uh, somebody who really likes you, uh, you have a pretty good feeling around them. But, but if somebody really doesn't like you, you kind of feel defensive or so that. But if you were really real, then you wouldn't be affected by anybody's ideas about you. You would just be real. Mm-hmm. Huh? Present in the moment. Uh, is, there, is there a moment? Yeah, me. So, uh, important thing about it is to see that the the ego, the self centeredness, is actually unreal. It might get more intense, claiming <coughs> claiming reality, claiming that I feel this way. It's my feelings, and I need to be justified, vindicated. I need to be respected. Ego, pride. But to see that that's unreal doesn't mean it'll go away. It could still be there. It could be quite an entertaining thing for the rest of your life to notice how self-centered you are. This, this is called humility. It's not getting rid of it. It's not being, it's not, it's, it's someone who is painfully, you could say painfully for a while, aware of their self-centeredness. So therefore, they no longer promote themselves. They would promote others, if anybody, more. Mm-hmm. Where are we at? More questions or should we come to have lunch? All right. Thank you so much. But first we'll stand and dedicate the merit in the back of our chant book. I'd like to call everybody's attention to the donation boxes in the hallway. We always appreciate and depend on your financial support. We also accept 
donations online through PayPal. We can also receive debit and credit cards. Checks in the mail. Cash is good. May Emeritus penetrate into all places so that we and every sentient being together can realize the Buddha's way. The ten directions, the three worlds, all Buddhas, all venerable ones. Bodhisattvas, Mahasattvas, the great Prajna, Anamita, 